welcome to episode 186 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For the podcast this week, we're going to chat about our tech predictions for 2017, as well as review how well we did with our predictions from last year, which is always an interesting exercise, Dirk. <laughs> so, so last year, uh, our listeners w may or may not recall that uh, I put forth three predictions um, for 2016. And uh, so, so we're going to start off the episode by just sort of uh, seeing how well I did in terms of putting my finger in the air and seeing which way the wind was blowing. So the, the, the first prediction I had for last year uh, was that we would begin to see some uh, real solutions from the Internet of Things that would probably get highlighted in the news and hyped to no end, but uh, some real Internet of Things solutions that were sort of beyond uh, the sort of B2B uh, operational uh, slash um, uh, sort of internal to running industry solutions. Uh, and so to remind me, how, how does that prediction differ from something like Nest? Remember Nest? Like that was pretty a pretty hyped consumer IoT thing a few years ago, right? Sure, and 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 I think the uh, um, the the Nest was certainly a a step in that direction, but um, the impact of of the Nest was you know sort of for for just a few people or relatively few uh, who have it mm -hmm. in their homes. Uh, so real I, mainstream, you're talking about like really like you're like. Your mom starts to have it in your house, in her house, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, that that was cool, the, cool. the the essence of that prediction. So, cool, cool. Um, I I will give uh, myself uh, I don't know may, maybe a, a B minus uh, on that one because we, we did see a massive uh, Internet of Things impact uh, uh, on a service. Unfortunately, it wasn't for the positive, as you would assume something like Nest would be. But it, rather, it was for for the negative, uh, as uh, there was a there was a botnet uh, that was infected by malware. So so your DVRs or internet connected, uh, I don't know, cameras, other things that were all, were all harnessed in this botnet to attack a company called Din, and and basically took down the internet on the East Coast uh, a few months ago. Um, and had people up in arms as as the Internet of Things basically turned against its masters, or you know worked for one specific um, master with ill intent. Uh, so 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 we got an impactful service. It was just a denial of service. Um, so so I don't think I I got that one right. But uh, it's interesting that that there was an impactful. Um, uh, outcome from the IoT, just not in any way I would have expected. Well, I mean, as as you mentioned to me yourself, I mean, hackers and porn are where things happen first. So um, it might not be exactly what you predicted, but on the other hand, maybe no surprise that it manifests this way. Yeah, it's like it's kind of depressing. So I think for all emerging technologies, we could just say the hackers are going to get there first uh, in terms of uh, big impact. Uh, so that was the first one. Uh, my, my second prediction was that we were going to see more genomics-related services in our everyday healthcare. 
uh, and I will you know, grade myself uh, C minus or so on that, as we know that there are there are plenty of uh, genetics uh, and genomics related services that are being rolled out, especially for um, couples that are looking to conceive. But they're you know some of them are are being rolled out now, but they're you know uh, not really prime time yet. And certainly, you and I are not going to the doctor and. Uh, having uh, genomics uh, testing as sort of part of our our regular checkup. Um, I don't know whether you would need that or not. Probably not. Um, but uh, it, it's not in our everyday health uh, stream of information. So um, you know, C minus D maybe <laughs> on that prediction. <laughs> Yeah, I spent some time at the doctor this year, not for some of the things that you're talking about that are the more, you know, logical um, manifestations of genomics in healthcare, but certainly um, dealing with healthcare issues that could have been looked at from a genomic perspective. And um, the genomics was not at all on the radar of, of my, my, the healthcare professionals who I was interacting with. Okay, interesting. So, so that far, uh, far too sunny a uh, prediction for that one. And then my last one here um, was that we were going to see more uh, open source software being leveraged uh, for the enterprise. And uh, we, we are seeing some of that, uh, certainly OpenStack, and um, uh, there's all kinds of open security initiatives. So I'll give myself a, you know, another B or, or so on, uh, on that one. But that, that was probably uh, the easiest one to, um, uh, to predict. So, so not a big leap there, not a big leap of faith. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? I mean, um, open so like people have have been predicting open source being the next big thing for like 20 years now, and it, it sort of never is. Although it's always making progress, and so it's like, <laughs> um, you know, how do you measure? Like, is the progress of this year um, like? What's the scale, basically? Because um, you know, open source is always this sort of hopeful optimism about about big steps forward, and it seems to always be sort of lurching steps instead. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't even know if that's worth a B, but I'll I'll try to escape class with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not grading you, brother. So you take your B. Take whatever you want to give yourself. The the, the self grading is sort of the best way to go. Now. Are, are, are you ready now for the the exciting predictions for 2017? Are you ready, Dirk? Oh my goodness, I, I am I am holding my breath. Okay, so so first up, I'm I'm gonna say that that we're going to see augmented reality take its place alongside, uh, you know, some of our mobile technology as an important tech. Uh, for and 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 transactional technologies, so enabling e-commerce. So we're going to move from the um, the Pokemon Go, right? Like that that has some transactional aspects to it, but 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 not so much yet. And and we're going to find maybe maybe not the killer app for augmented reality, but it's going to move into a more prominent role, whether it's in uh, shopping um, or, uh, you know, when, when you're going out to a restaurant or what have you, augmented reality is going, going to move up a notch on the ladder. 
So to help our listeners grade you next year, what should they be looking for? Like how, if your prediction comes true, how will that change the lives of our listeners in some way? Right. So uh, I, I think you'll be able to have an application on your phone, you'll walk into uh, um you know, store and be able to see information alongside of the products and, and probably um, uh, be able to do some comparison shopping. I mean, all this tech is already sort of available. It just needs to be overlaid on, uh, um, uh, overlaid on, on top of, you know, the reality portion of it. You can already go into Walmart and sort of comparison shop on Amazon. It's just not a nice package. I think next year, uh, the folks, uh, you know, whether whether it's the folks who gave us Pokemon Go or or a competitor, are going to start taking that technology and and creating, uh, you know, some kind of buzz around uh, a new way to interact with both virtual information and sort of the 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 physical world. Um, and I just think shop, kind of shopping is 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 the is the most likely um, area for that to happen. But I, I suppose okay, so it could be yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So let's keep poking at what that means, because um, there are already those kind of shopping apps. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't know what the retailers are. I mean, it's probably not Bloomingdale's, but there are retailers such as Bloomingdale's that already have that kind of thing going mm -hmm. on. Um, so what what's different? Like what constitutes that buzz? What what's the change going to be? Is there going to be one app where you walk into any store that it's not retailer specific? Or I, I want our listeners to experience this and say, God damn, John was right <laughs> on the money. So yeah, let's I, make this really wicked clear, like what it is you're saying is going to happen. So, so I think there will, there will be an application that is, uh, you know, takes a stab at being the amazon.com of, um, uh, augmented reality, right? And it could very well be Amazon that does it. Uh, but, but all of the tech is there, and you can sort of see how, um, uh, how this could be incorporated if you think of uh, the way that, that people use Pokemon Go to uh, a attract uh, players to their locations. Like you, now you can go to the Sprint store, right? And Sprint has worked with Pokemon Go and, and, and now those, those are gyms or, or Pokestops. So, so you can see how much power there is for, I mean, someone needs to figure this out and soon because all of the tech is there. Uh, the information's there. What, what you need is, is that application that, that ties it all together. So, so I think we'll see the, uh, you know, the, the, the first part of that next year. Um, and, and I suspect someone's working on that right now, but I have no inside information. Awesome. That's a, that's a really clear prediction. I look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah. I've, it's tossing a coin in the air, but, but I think it's, it's fully possible. So I'll go out on a limb there. The next prediction I'm 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 going to make has to do with the maker movement. So so we all know the maker movement for uh, creating and prototyping all sorts of uh, cool things, whether it, you know it be uh, in sort of a more analog environment or or digital, right? So you have all your Arduino hackers, and uh, you have folks who are uh, creating all sorts of cool stuff with 3D printing. So I see. Uh, a change in in the maker movement where the uh, evolution into uh, a sort of a micro factory movement, uh, and what I mean by that is there's a 
a number of technologies that are now becoming available, um, uh, whether they're uh, form molding or laser cutting or what have you, that allows small um, companies to start scaling manufacturing very inexpensively. Uh, you know, some some combination of these tools and 3D printing. Uh, so so you're going to begin to see this. Uh, custom creation of objects that you can create some kind of scale with. So, so small companies that are going to become small manufacturing hubs, um, and that are going to be driven by this uh, this technology that that basically turns your desktop uh, into a factory. So, no longer are you going to need tons of square footage to start producing things for your your you know your custom products. You're going to be able to uh, sort of rent a small space and bang your product out right here in the U.S. And I think that's going to line up nicely with the uh, sort of the Buy America vibe that's starting to. Uh, uh, starting to percolate, so so I, I do think we're gonna we're gonna see some of that. Interesting. So how does this differ from you know? There's different communities. Like when I was in Columbus, Ohio, they yeah they they created something. I'm not gonna remember what it was called, but let's let's pretend it was called the Idea Foundry that mm-hmm. had like all of these different bits of equipment. You know, um, 3D printers and different. Um, just different manufacturing bits, essentially. Um, so it was like this one giant place and, you know, you like pay a monthly fee and people are going in and, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a much hyped, um, a much hyped emerging tech uh, way for, for people to, to do their thing in this sort of big catch-all place. Um, tell, tell me your idea. How, how is it different than that kind of a space? Right. So, so I think you're talking about a space not dissimilar from uh, like we have Artisans Asylum here in Boston, and they have lots of different kinds of tools that you can use. Um, uh, and, and a lot of those tools are uh, not really affordable by uh, single individuals, which is why you have that big space and why you have uh, membership in these spaces and, and why uh, you have to sort of collect all these tools that, that are sort of partially owned by everybody or leased or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. with, with this, uh, what I'm talking about is sort of the difference between having a copy shop, right, versus having uh, a printer in your house, right? So when you can go to the copy shop, you can certainly make all kinds of things at the copy shop. But it's a little expensive. Like you wouldn't want to go to Kinko's to produce your magazine, right? But imagine you had a magazine printer in your house where you could bang out, you know, uh, 500 copies that really looked good, uh, just using, you know, some really high end printers on your desktop and a binding machine. Right. So you no longer had to, uh, outlay a huge amount of capital and you could sort of get up and running. And I'm just picking a magazine because of the, you know, this analogy with the printing shop. But I think it's the difference between the print shop, which is sort of, uh, uh, something for a community, uh, or, or a group of people to be involved in versus, uh, the sort of uh, like a desktop-based printer that that sort of bangs out uh, high-quality mm-hmm. things at scale. So 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 that's kind of what I'm poking at there. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so we'll see if that happens. But but the tools are definitely there. I've <laughs> some really incredible. Um, you know, sort of small desktop size manufacturing tools that are available. Um, and I really think that's going to be the beginning of a, at, at least a, a very interesting wave of American manufacturing. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and my final uh, prediction is 
that we are going to see artificial intelligence invade our our personal space in new and disturbing ways so invade yes oh invade um so so what i mean by that is uh artificial intelligence is being built into uh a, a lot of software now and uh you know sort of part of uh the the chatbots that are popping up everywhere uh i i think uh, in uh, 2017, it starts to get intrusive, and because the design of these uh, bots is certainly not going to be worked out yet, uh, you're going to have some really irritating instances of interacting with AI and sort of want, you know, sort of hope for the day when it gets better. Um, I, I think that's, that, that's going to happen. Cool. So um, those are our predictions or my predictions for for 2017 we can see that uh uh did okay with the ones for for 2016 certainly not uh uh a plus work but but in the general direction so uh we hope you enjoyed those and we will circle back next year to see how well uh these predictions hold up in 2017 i'm rooting for you john Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thank you so much for listening. So that's it for episode 186 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett. And we'll see you next time.